The world is falling apart around us. The church is not far behind. But the world has us right in our icy grip and is freezing the very life out of our bones. But we seem to be unaware of it. We need help. Right now, we need radical change. It's time to join your guide, Jim Ayer, for an exciting 12-episode journey into remodeling your life. You're going to discover that God's transforming power is real, and He's ready to provide that power to you. Now here's your guide, Jim Ayer, to take you on the journey of a lifetime, an amazing and dynamic experience with God. A friend of mine and I had rented a snowmobile. Actually, it wasn't a snowmobile, but a snow machine. And in those days, they were big, bulky, cumbersome. They weren't the fast machines that they have today. Well, we set off in the mountains. We were going to go to this beautiful lake. But every time we turned around, we were getting stuck because the snow was getting deeper and deeper and deeper. Well, it just seemed like we we're never going to get there. We spent most of our time getting unstuck. And after a while, it started snowing just lightly, but it was, it was still beautiful. So we decided to leave the machine and set out on a journey on foot. Well, it was a little longer than we thought it was going to be. First of all, it took us a lot longer, but we traveled for a couple hours anyway, and the snow continued to get deeper. We finally reached the lake and it was beautiful. It was gorgeous snow covered everywhere but it had been snowing so hard now that even our tracks had been covered so we decided to head on back because we we're hours from our our uh, machine and i'm even getting cold right now thinking about it because it was so cold and my friend actually is a little person he's about this tall and so i'm breaking trail for him as we're going and we're struggling and it's getting deeper and deeper and deeper and it's getting harder and harder we're getting more tired all the time. After a while, we started getting so cold, literally so cold that we couldn't hardly feel ourselves. We started getting numb. But then the strangest thing began to happen. It seemed like our bodies began to get warm. They actually, they actually started to feel a little bit warmer. And they're snowing harder and harder, and we're getting more tired all the time. Another hour or two in our journey, and we actually finally made it to our snow machine. We were able to get it uh, situated again, got on the road, and we actually got home. It was only by the grace of God that we made it home, made it to a warm fire. We just praise God for that because we were so cold, we felt like we could go to sleep. It actually, the snow beckoned to us and we felt like we could just curl up and go to sleep in that icy grip of the snow. You know, many church members are in the same struggle for life. They're so cold, they believe they're warm. Am I such a person? Are you? We need help. We need to experience radical change. We need the fire of God in our lives. 
The Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy in sorrow over the actions of a church member. He said, for Demas has forsaken me. He's loved this present world and he's departed to Thessalonica. Well, you know, today we have the same problem as Demas. God first, ah, give me self, give me self. Just, you know, we can look at the current books that we have and see what's happening. Self-esteem, self-sufficiency, individualism, materialism, and more. Self, self, self. In addition, many Christians have become so lulled in the concept of universalism, which is a popular belief that said all roads lead to God and to eternity. You know, it's a human understanding, and it's not true. It's, a, it's an absolute lie of the devil. The glitz and glitter of the world has crept into the church. We're more attracted to the eye candy of this world than we're attracted to God's Word. Like Demas, we are more in love with this present world than we are in love with God. You know, the sands of the sea. Why, it seemed like it's absolutely numberless. I've been scuba diving for many years and I look under the oceans. The oceans are full of sand everywhere. The beaches of planet Earth are full of sand everywhere. I want you to think about this. If I take just, just one handful of sand and thinking about all the sand on planet Earth represents eternity. I know it's not absolutely the greatest analogy in the world, but it's the best I have for eternity since none of us have totally made it there yet. But think about this. If I can pick off with my tweezers one grain of sand, well, I don't know how many I've got there. I've got so many. Maybe that's one grain. And the camera probably can't pick it up. That's your 70 years of life maybe here on Earth. If you get a little more, maybe a little less, but just 70 years. Wow, think about that. Here's my point. God created you for eternity, not for time. This life is but a blip on the radar screen of forever. When Jesus comes, everything here is going to be burned up. The only thing that counts is a relationship with Christ. That's the only pathway to life. Rick Warren said it perfectly when he said, you cannot fulfill God's purpose for your life while focusing on your own plans. God used a preacher on a video to speak to my heart years ago. It changed my life when he said, you've piled up so much of this world's stuff in front of your door that even when God does not, you can't make your way to the door to answer him. How about you? Is God knocking at your door? Is he calling out to you? You know, it doesn't matter where you are. He's calling to you just like he called to Jim. I met Jim years ago in a church. This guy came up, gave me a big old bear hug with his tattooed body and welcomed me to the church. This isn't the same guy who was head of a national biker gang or the same guy who spent a lot of time in prison. A guy actually who's rap sheet, and I've got a little bit of it here today. Why, it's over 60 pages long. Unbelievable what God has done to this guy. Hey, Jimbo. Hey, brother. <laughs> Good to see you. Amen. Good, Good to see you. How are you doing? I'm blessed. You know, I'm just telling everybody about your amazing journey of transformation in Jesus. You were in prison in Pelican Bay, a maximum security prison. What happened? How, how did you end up here today? Well, let me tell you, Jim, I haven't always been involved with the Lord. Um, years ago, I got uh, caught up with the <clears throat> Outlaw Motorcycle Club and uh, 
it's strung out into a lot of years of drug addiction, drinking alcohol. Uh, taught me a few prison terms. And uh, the last one, a young man introduced me to Jesus. You were in a maximum security prison and he introduced you to Christ. Well, then what happened? Well, actually, <clears throat> I got introduced at the county jail. Okay. And eventually I got to the maximum security prison. But uh, I met a guy while I was in the prison who told me about the truth about, uh, what is it called, uh, when we die, what really happens. And uh, from that, I took a Bible study, and which led to other Bible studies. And eventually, I really gave my heart to Jesus. Let loose of all the drugs, alcohol. I've been clean and sober now for over 13 years. Um, as you can see, I'm involved with the motorcycle ministry, chaplain, and uh, the Lord just keeps blessing us and blessing us. You said you gave your heart to Jesus. Now, what did that really entail? And you said you quit drugs. Did you just stop them because you felt like it? Or was there a power behind this? Well, you know, several uh, times before I had tried to stop doing drugs, drinking alcohol, smoking cigarettes, all the normal things that the outlaw bikers do, amongst other things. But uh, they never seemed to work. You know, I tried going to uh, Alcohol Anonymous one time and Narcotics Anonymous and just didn't, nothing really pierced my heart. And when I started reading the Bible, uh, this, this kid that uh, told me about the Bible, he introduced me to this verse in Hebrews that says, uh, uh, the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Uh, and it's piercing to the dividing of soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And I read that verse, I went, wow, God's word can actually pierce my heart. So I started doing some Bible studies on that, and uh, yeah. prayer, Bible study, uh, fellowship with like-minded believers, what a change came in my life. The Lord sent the Holy Spirit, I believe that, to change my life. I know that you ended up in the baptismal waters. You were baptized. So was there any growth from that point on? Well, the Lord keeps working on my heart every day. Um, every day we wake up, we have our morning devotion. We read the Bible. Um, and there's another verse that uh, comes to my mind that says that he who has begun the work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. So it's an ongoing process in our life. So, Jim, you were baptized about 10 years ago. Do you see any growth in your life from then to today? We got baptized. So many things in my life have changed. I used to be a real angry person. I used to have a lot of uh, communication problems. Um, and the Lord's still working on all that, <laughs> day by day. Um, I think my wife would testify, testify to that, that uh, things are getting better. Amen, amen. What advice would you have for other people? Maybe, maybe watching your interview right now that are struggling with with problems and sins and, and troubles in their life what would you tell them i look at it like this without jesus there's a big hole in our heart and we try to fill it with so many different things that before long it just clutters up your whole life and uh, jesus said behold i stand at the door and knock and if we open that door and let him in he will come in and clean our house for us. Um, there's power. What's it say in Philippians chapter 2? 
It says that it's God working in you to will and to do his good pleasure. And I believe that. Amen. Jimbo, thanks for coming, man. Sure appreciate oh, it. It's a pleasure, brother. God bless. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> that same old bear hug. Huh? You know, God reached into that cell, that heart of Jim in Pelican Bay Prison, and Jim answered. Jim answered him, and his life has been changed, and now he walks with Jesus, his best friend every day allowing the fire of the Holy Spirit to change him and transform his life. That's what God is looking to do in your life too. Jim and Janine Eyre have created a 12-week study guide designed to lead you into a deeper and more meaningful walk with Christ. If you're a brand new Christian or have been going to church your entire life, this guide is for you. It's perfect for individual study or for an entire group. The greatest gift you can give to your church or your family is Transformation, the 12-week study guide. Order today by calling 800-876-7313 or log on to transformationinfo.com. Ever wonder why your life doesn't reflect the powerful change that's supposed to be part of every Christian experience? Do temptations weigh on you and leave you saying, Maybe I'm not trying hard enough or wondering if God's holding up his end of the deal. Could there be some secret everyone but you knows? Well, there is a well-kept secret and few Christians know about it or talk about it until now. Transformation may be the most exciting and life-changing book you'll ever read. It's not only upbeat and easy to read, but powerful in its message, the message of transformation. Jim Eyre exposes plans that have successfully kept the truth from Christians for decades. Truth that will allow you to become the happiest Christian imaginable. Don't miss out. Order Transformation today by calling 800-876-7313 or log on to transformationinfo.com. Janine and I were recently driving past a church that had a sign posted out front that read, the church is not a museum for saints, but a hospital for sinners. Now, I've heard that statement for years and actually used it myself. But then it hit me. When you check into a hospital, don't you go in with the expectation of getting well? What kind of reputation would the hospital have if everyone checked in sick, but no one got any better? Why should you expect anything different from the church and God? We don't even give it a thought because <laughs> Well, the devil's lied to us so long. Let's use my biker friend as an example. The attitude is in the church today, well, that's great that he changed his heart and he was baptized, but now God can't do anything else for him. Well, wait a second. We just keep on sinning until Jesus comes? No, it isn't true. That isn't what happens. In her book, Christ Object Lessons, Ellen White writes these words, None are so vile, none have fallen so low as to be beyond the working of this power, God's grace. In all who will submit themselves to the Holy Spirit, a new principle of life is to be implanted. The lost image of God is to be restored in humanity. Huh, what amazing words. You see, God's saving grace has two parts, justification and sanctification. Now, these are big words, but they shouldn't frighten us. Let me explain. 
Janine and I have had the privilege of visiting many of Europe's great castles. We discovered that many castles have been restored on the outside, but are in a state of ongoing restoration on the inside. They typically start with the outside. They make everything look beautiful to attract the tourist, and then they continue work of restoration on the inside as time and money permit. Every molding, every staircase, each window, and, and every ornate tile is brought back to their original glory and, in some cases, even brought back to better than the original. It's fascinating to watch the craftsmen painstakingly apply sheet after sheet of gold leaf to plain old looking wood and walls and door jams and window casings and more. <laughs> gold, gold, gold is applied everywhere until the lighting of one tiny candle, the little flicker of a light, lights an entire room, a radiant glory that sparkles throughout. The key is that the craftsmen do not place new gold over old wood. They start by replacing any worn or rotten wood first. Now, let me, let me give an illustration to my point. Jesus was standing before the crowds when they brought in a prostitute. They cast this prostitute at his feet. He got down. He began writing and scribbling here on the paving stones. And pretty soon all the leaders came up. They began peeking over his shoulder. And they discovered that Jesus was writing out their own sins. And pretty soon Jesus said to the woman, Woman, where are your accusers? She finally dares to lift her head up and she looks and she said, there isn't anyone, Lord. And he says, neither do I condemn you. Neither do I condemn you. Justification, he wraps his righteous robe all around her. Says, when I look at you, I see a beautiful woman in Jesus Christ. But then he just doesn't want to leave the rotten wood on the inside. No, he wants to change that too. And then he says these words, woman, go and sin no more. That's sanctification. What was he really saying? He's saying, woman, don't ever be separated from me again. Allow the Holy Spirit to come in your life, permeate every fiber of your life, and we will have a, a fellowship, a relationship like nothing you can ever imagine. <laughs> when we enter the church or God's hospital, God wants to heal us fully and completely. This is the process of sanctification. You might say that, well, this, this work could become the Temple Restoration Project actually in your life. It's a work that demands our full concentration, our full cooperation and obedience. It's the work of a lifetime. Think about this question. Does the sun try to shine or is it simply a product of the energy that is bursting out from the inside? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. Notice, he didn't say, follow me and I'll show you the way. He didn't say, follow me and I'll show you where to find truth. No, he said, I am truth. I am light. And when we invite God in who stands at the door and knocks, when we invite him into our lives, we invite the light. And that light cannot coexist with darkness. The darkness has to flee. <laughs> As you surrender your life to God, through what the world would consider radical obedience, you begin to glow from the inside out, just like Moses, just like the Son of God. Yes, the church is a hospital for sinners. And here's a look at the treatment process, the healing process, the restoration process that God has designed to take place in every single patient. When the light of God comes in contact with a sin in your life, it's vaporized, gone. The impurities of rebellion are purged from you so God can occupy the space. The key is for you to allow access to every room in your spiritual house so the process can continue. Yes, Jesus is the light of the world 
and his greatest desire is to live in you, to glow out from you to a lost and dying world so others can enjoy the light as well. Christians are to bear fruit, and the healing process cannot continue unless the light is shared with others. But how does that happen? So many things happening in the world today. I wonder if the Bible is really true. Understand what just took place here. The Holy Spirit is working in her heart. How do I know? Because God has revealed that to me by the comments she made about, I wonder if the Bible is correct. That doesn't happen without God's intervention. Now, since he's revealed that to me, that means God is wanting me to join him at work. What does that mean? Well, minus this is my stop coming up. What do I do now? Do I get off of my stop? Or do I continue on and go with God and join in a conversation to share Jesus Christ with you? That's the key. That's what God wants because you can't stay where you are and go with God. It's impossible. When God reveals to you, join Him at work. Hi, I couldn't help overhearing uh, what you said about the Bible. Would you like to know a little bit more about it? Sure. Let me, let me give you my card and uh, maybe we can talk a little bit by email or get together and be happy to discuss it with you. Because it's an Remember to place your life in God's hands to be fully led by Him takes complete surrender. That's your part and my part. We need to surrender our will to God. And when we do, when we walk toward God, He will enable us to do all that He has bid us to do. Remember, it's all about God. Since 1849, the Review and Herald Publishing Association has produced the best of Christian literature helping guide people around the world into a closer walk with Jesus Christ. And they continue to be committed to bringing you the very best, helping you fall more deeply in love with your Lord. That's why they partnered with Jim Eyre to place transformation into the hands of every Christian. There's no doubt that your heart and mind will be thrilled as you read Transformation and ponder life's choices in the weekly study guide and spend quality time with family, friends, or your church group viewing this exciting 12-episode DVD series. You owe it to yourself and to those you love, Transformation. Call us today to purchase the book, study guide, the DVD series, or all three at a package price. Call 800-876-7313 or log on to transformationinfo.com. This is perhaps one of the greatest books ever written on the biblical teachings of Christ. Jesus used parables to open the vistas of heaven to the people and to expand their thinking. As no other book has ever done, Ellen White unwraps the parables, allowing us to see Christ our salvation revealed in all of his beauty and splendor throughout each and every page. Order your copy today by calling 800-876-7313 or logging on to transformationinfo.com. The degree of blessing enjoyed by any man, according to A.W. Tozer, corresponds exactly with the completeness of God's victory over him. Dwight L. Moody, once standing before a large audience, took an empty glass. He said, this glass represents your body. The air in it represents sin. How do you get the sin out of your life? 
Well, the people had all kinds of ideas. One thing, this thing, that thing, everybody. And finally, after a while, Moody simply put the glass down, took a pitcher of water, and filled it up. The water, of course, representing the Holy Spirit. And he filled the glass all the way up to overflowing and said, here, it's very simple. Just allow God to fill your life with the Holy Spirit and the sin will immediately be shoved out of your life. You see, victory over sin is possible when you surrender your life fully and completely to God. <laughs> At that moment, the Holy Spirit takes up residence or abides in you, abides in your temple, your life, and provides you that overcoming power that God has. This is essential to salvation. Let me give you an example. In Revelation chapters 2 and 3 and also in chapter 21, God speaks continually to the church about overcoming. He says, to him who overcomes, I'll give you the, the right to eat of the tree of life. To him who overcomes, I'll allow him to sit with me in my throne. You see, the more you depend upon God, the more dependable he will become. You more, the more you allow God to work in your life, the more you see how wonderful God is and the victory he has in store for you to make you an overcomer. See, God is God, and anything he wants to do, he can do. If you invite him to abide in you, then you've invited victory to take complete control of you. It's not about you, it's all about God. Can you do it? No. Can I do it? No. But when you allow the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, to dwell in you, to fill you, the one who's never lost a battle with evil, you will not lose the battle either. Can you think of any situation where Jesus ran up against a trial any temptation, any problem, or any demon, and ever lost the battle. You will not find one instance where Jesus did not firmly beat the devil, his minions, human or otherwise. As a matter of fact, I've read my Bible from cover to cover, and guess what? God always wins. This is the power you must have in your life by invitation. God will give it to you in the form of the indwelling Holy Spirit. Follow him and claim his power as your own. An angel appeared to Ellen in vision and said these words, time is almost finished. Do you reflect the lovely image of Jesus as you should? Get ready, get ready, get ready. You'll have to die a greater death to the world than you've ever yet died. Imagine this, think about this for a moment. An angel materializes right where you are right now in your very room at this moment, stares at you and makes that statement. What would you say? How would you answer? You know, it's been said that some churches are so cold you could skate down the ice right down the center of the church aisle. We need to be revived and transformed by the power of God living in us. The church is made up of individuals, you and me. And how's your heart today? Is it cold as ice or is it warmed up? I can guarantee you that you'll be greatly blessed by giving all there is of you to God. He will melt your heart. He'll change your life, give you victory over sin. You will no longer need to come home at night and end the day in tears and sorrow. Allow him to transform you now. I'd invite you to join me in a prayer. Lord, I've tried it on my own. I've tried to do all there is. I've tried to, to fight the devil on my own and I can't. Lord, come into my life today, right now. Give me power, melt my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. God will do it for you. You can beat the devil right now today.